When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. fans are you ready to brave the wild with me your host paladino joey or joey hawaijan brave the wild is available on the sportstuff.com itunes stitcher and double twist nice to be back uh without a doubt about a week before thanksgiving here i almost always record brave the wild on thanksgiving and odds are you know there's a good possibility of it it's a friday morning today not a saturday morning been trying to keep up with the fall cleanups and all that crap it's wet today so I'm able to record so here I am let's get caught up we got about two weeks or so to catch up we last left off on November the 4th and we lost that night to Chicago and now we're up to the national game last night beautiful comeback for the wild title of the episode four for four because the wild score four goals in the third period for their fourth win in a row That's what the doctor ordered after some pretty yucky games. Uh, Going to kind of get us caught up, kind of brush things with a broad stroke in a sense of talking about the team in, in a sense more than just game, 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 game. I'll just kind of, the Chicago game, we'll say November the 4th, very depressing 2-0 loss. I mean, I'll go over the scores, so to speak, super quick, obviously, just to get us caught up. 2-0 loss to Chicago at home. You know, we're all revved up, ready to go. Chicago's Close to us in the standings, both of us would be out of the playoffs at that point. The Wild finally in the wild card position as of last night. It took that long to get there, but they're in, finally. <laughs> the wild card again. Ugh. Chicago still struggling down there. Um, the Central Division is uh, Central Division standings is just uh, it's pretty strong because the last place team, Chicago, if you can believe that, because Colorado has two games in hand which we love talking about games in hand in NHL more than any other sport because schedules are really weird. Um, Chicago, 9-8. and eight. So that's your last place team in our division. There's other divisions with the slightly worse records like, yeah, Pacific Divisions, Arizona Coyotes. They kind of suck just a little bit. Um, <laughs> Winnipeg is still in first, but because they have less games in hand, that's what makes things goofy. But really, St. Louis is in first because of the points. 29 points of St. Louis, this and that. The Wild with 20 at this stage, 9-7, and seven, which if you're a football fan, that's usually a playoff team, borderline fringe, and that's pretty much what the Wild are. Let's keep moving. Um, a 5-3, to three, icky, yucky, blah, loss in Boston on November the 6th, Monday the 6th. Just, uh, what the heck? It was just early and often. Dubnik, see, Dubnik went from a guy particularly in Boston. You know, Chicago, you can't get too mad at him. It was a very tight game, tightly contested. The Wild couldn't muster offense for the blankety-blank, and of course Crawford's the greatest goalie ever. Yeah, we know. No, the Wild got shots on goal. They did, to to our credit, but of course nothing 
going in the lighting the lamps. That was really frustrating. Uh, Granlund was able to net his first goal of the season as he's obviously returned. Dumba p- piled up the assist a bit this week, which was there the past couple weeks here, which was nice and helpful. Luke Cunning hasn't gotten any points in forever, so that's very frustrating, at least not since the last show, and that's a, a big bummer. Granlund finally scoring in Boston. Eric Stahl started his scoring streak, and Zucker started a major scoring streak here. Of course, he had six goals in a row, six goals in a row for the first time of any player. We'll talk about that in a little bit, but, uh, well, he was the uh, the first player since Glenn Murray Murray did it for Boston in 2004 on Jan 29 through Feb 1. So, there you go. Um, Jason Zucker was able to do that, but again, he was able to assist on, on Eric Stahl's short-handed goal, which put the Wild right back in the game, but like clockwork, just, you know, the Wild unable to finish things, got, gave up the empty net, and unfortunately, I mean, the Wild did come back in the in the game, nice strong third period, but of course, unable to get the job done in that one, unfortunately. The Toronto game, well, I mean, I guess they played okay. The goaltending wasn't so good. A couple defensive gaps here and there, and they end up losing 4-2 to two against a very, very good, very strong, improving Toronto team, which I do think will get to the Eastern Conference Finals against Pittsburgh this year. I still do, th- yeah, I, you know, and, you know, Pittsburgh's not spectacular at the moment, but we just, we know. We know who they are. They're the Blackhawks of the East, and, well, the Blackhawks are no longer the Blackhawks of the West. They're just... They just used to be. So, but we'll still call them that for the moment because, uh, <laughs> because they were this unbeatable force for so long in the Western Conference, which is really frustrating for all of us. I have to say, Pittsburgh right now would be tie- is tied for the New Jer- uh, for the Metropolitan Division lead with the New Jersey Devils. Metropolitan Division filled with good teams, not great teams at the moment, but Pittsburgh. We all know what they are and what they're capable of. So, yeah. Toronto-Pittsburgh. I'm sticking with that prediction. Edmonton and Minnesota? Hmm. Well, hmm. I don't know. Kind of risky business there, but we'll see. Maybe. maybe just just maybe. I don't know. I, I don't know if it's going to be Winnipeg or anything, but... <laughs> and then the Wild start shutting people out. Montreal just not so good. A 3-0 win, and Devin Dubna goes from a guy who gives up these quirky, goofy goals. Just, I mean, the puck bouncing off this, it b- bounces off the post, and then off his... <laughs> off the back of his pads into the net like what the hell and and that's kind of been the uh that's pretty much been the case for Devin Dubnik the past couple weeks but certainly not on this particular night November the 9th uh the Thursday November the 9th already about a week ago the beginning of something pretty cool started as the Wild again start this four game winning streak 3-0 victory Devin Dubnik went from a guy who was snake bit with bad bounces and stuff like that you know it's a bad bounce you know there. And, yeah, it's a bad bounce, but for crying out loud, can't we just, like... I, it's like he would just lose where the puck was, and it's just like, it, it would just... I, I, I don't know, it was weird. And it, what for whatever reason now, Devin Dubnik is starting to look like the Devin Dubnik we know and love, who stops everything. No unlucky bounces. Just keeping track of where the puck is, rather than it just somehow skirting through because it bounced off this and bounced off that into the net. Just bullcrap goals. Jason Zucker would get his first career hat trick, scoring on a shorthander, just showing that speed, getting another one. All in the third period, a 0-0 game to start uh, the first two periods, kind of back and forth, teams unable to finish. Charlie Lindgren, Charlie Lindgren, believe it or not, with, of course, Minnesota ties from Lakeville, Minnesota. Wow, good for him. Um, Now in the NHL, backing up uh, Carey Price, 
Al Montoya, definitely not <laughs> in there. And, of course, the Carey Price has been so terrible. They took their chances with Charlie Lindgren, and he didn't disappoint. He only gave up two goals, both to Jason Zucker, unfortunately for Montreal. A lot of their, you know, talented scoring players not getting the job done. And it just kind of is what it is. I mean, you got all these talented guys like Owen Chuck and, and uh, you know, Max per- Max Pastorotti, uh So many players on this team that can score and that you think we're capable of it. And, well, Carey Price kind of going downhill, the whole momentum of the team going downhill, and it just kind of is what it is. Um, the, the morale, I should say, in the locker room, not so good. Well, I, I guess I don't feel too bad. The Wild able to sweep the Montreal Canadiens, the Habs, this season. And thank God for that. Mr. Jason Zucker able to net a able to get an empty netter for his first career hat trick and the Wild went three nothing. Then the Wild head to Philadelphia, a very grinded out type of game. You talk about grinded out. This is the definition of it. When Philadelphia is unable to score, your goalie's doing something pretty good because they, they have a lot of scores on this club. You go from a team who's focused defensively suddenly has gone from not so good. That's why you're getting all these bouncing pucks and these stupid bad luck plays to a team that is completely locked down defensively. Guys are blocking shots, uh, helping the goalie out in that sense. And, of course, Devin Dubnik's focus is like a billion times better. Uh, Zucker had not been on the line anymore with uh, Granlin and Koivu. That line just hasn't been doing much. I mean, Koivu hasn't registered a point in forever. Now Zucker's with Stalin Niederreiter, and it's working great. Uh Cunning all the way down to the fourth line. I'm getting the feeling Luke Cunning. he's just, you know, I think they want him to develop some more. And Chris Stewart, everybody's so excited about him to start up the season. He did the same thing last year, just not quite as exciting, but still scored very early and often last season at the beginning of the year. And then, boop, nothing. And that's kind of what's been going on with him. Chris Stewart's been relegated to the third and fourth lines, which is probably where he's supposed to be. In fact, yeah, I would say so. You don't really imagine Chris Stewart as a top-line power play type of guy. Maybe once upon a time, you could see him as a second-line guy, something like that. Uh, Cunning had been on the top line, which is where Zucker is now. <laughs> Cunning and Zucker kind of moving around. Zucker had been moving from the third line, fourth line, second line, and the quote-unquote top line with Stahl. And I would call it the top line. They're playing better than anybody. Uh, even though Niederreiter isn't registering that many points, he's still factoring here and there. And, of course, he's helping out Zucker on most of his goals down the stretch. Zucker had registered his sixth straight goal at that point because he managed to get the two goals against Toronto. So you go back retrospective in that one. And then, of course, the hat trick against Montreal and the one and only goal against the Philadelphia Flyers. You come to the next game on Monday night, Tuesday night, pardon me, Tuesday the 14th of November, the Minnesota Wild able to get another victory, a 3 nothing victory over the Philadelphia Flyers. Devin Dubnik will, get a, will continue his shutout streak. Three games in a row, which, again, that, that also hasn't been done very often either, I'd have to say. <laughs> it's not been done very often at all. The top line for the Wild registering on all three goals, but ultimately a very close game. Uh, empty netter by Eric Stahl, able to wrap things up down the stretch. And then, of course, Jason Zucker also adding an empty netter. So funny, the Wild get two empty netters down the stretch against the Philadelphia Flyers. Nino Niederreiter ended the streak 12 seconds into the game, which is kind of funny. But hey, we'll take it. And if you can take a, a lead that early, it's very helpful. Uh, similar situation happened to the Wild as a team in the National Predators been playing anybody, been playing better than anybody in the Western Conference to this point. 
shell-shocking the Wild early and often in this one. They, w- they would go up 3 to nothing. Ryan Johansson finally scoring his first goal of the season on the top line for the Nashville Predators. Johansson hadn't done anything. Johansson, Johansson <laughs> getting his first goal of the season. Philip Forsberg and Arvidsson, definitely big factors in this game throughout the way, especially that terrible turnover by Nino Niederreiter in the third period, which just, just took the soul out of the building, without a doubt. Um, that top line has been playing spectacular. Uh, Matthias Ekholm also getting a shorthanded goal, which was the first of the year for the National Predators. Extreme frustration for the Wild as they trail 3 nothing Again, Ryan Johansson scoring only 49 seconds into the game, which made you think, well, this one's going to be a loss. So that Devin Dubnik streak is over in a quick hurry, isn't it? The Wild would have a goal by Niederreiter taken away. After Matt Dumba finally scored his first goal, of course, he's registered about nine assists already, believe it or not. Matt Dumba really catching up statistically the past week or so. Um, but that was very helpful, rocketing that on, finally getting the Wild on the board four minutes after the frustrating shorthanded goal allowed. The Wild had a two-man advantage at that point, at one point in that power play, and they end up giving up a shorthanded goal. It's like you're finally going to get a chance to get back in, and then it's 3 nothing. You figure the game's over at that stage. Dumba scores. Okay, now we're in it. Niederreiter then has a goal taken away. They said he, he basically directed it in the net with his hand. So then Niederreiter scores again anyway, with about 50 seconds remaining in the second period. On the power play, the Wild still get the power play. So very cool. Granlin and Niederreiter factoring in that one. Spurgeon would get his first of three points on this power play goal. Spurgeon just spectacular throughout the night. Of course, yep, very early in the third period, you figure, okay, the Wild are within one. Nino Niederreiter is going to bring the puck up. He just does, uh, I'm not sure what he's doing on this pass. Just turns the puck over. He doesn't know what he's doing on this play. Just, I mean, he even looked up to watch the replay thinking, um, did I just do that? That's basically what the look on his face was. And the crowd went from excited to silent. Little did they know what would come not long after that, thankfully. <laughs> At least midway through the third period as the Wild and Nashville would go back and forth, but mostly the Wild dominating the puck, getting, peppering uh, Pekka Rinne, who'd been shutting the team out for quite a while uh, until late in the second period with Matt Dumba's first goal. Not long after that, Nino Niederreiter would score, or at least we thought, and then, of course, they say the referees overturned the call, saying that the uh, that Niederreiter had directed the puck in the net with his hand, drawing the ire of the crowd, but then Nino Niederreiter scores anyway just about a minute later, finishing a power play goal as the Wild power play Taking control tonight, on <laughs> this particular evening anyway, uh, on the 16th. Two power play goals for the Wild, Niederreiter and Stahl. But then very early to start the uh, third period, after Niederreiter maybe would have had two goals and the game would have been tied. Instead, Nieder Niederreiter has a terrible turnover to Victor Arvidsson. And the National Predators set up basically a tic-tac-toe type of goal, which Victor Arvidsson is uh, rewarded, justifiably, his seventh goal of the season. 4-2 to two lead for Nashville, and everybody's like, what just happened here? Like, really? What just happened? And then you have some back-and-forth chances. The Wild don't give up. They keep fighting. They dominate the puck throughout the third period, but nothing's getting past Rene anymore, and you think, boy, this thing's over. And then Jared Spurgeon gets set up on a spectacular pass from Eric Stahl from behind the net, and an awesome rifle from Jared Spurgeon, slap shot, wrist, or whatever it is. For some reason, 
when you look at the box scores, they say Ryan Studer scored the goal, but uh, no, Ryan Studer did not score the goal. It was a rifle shot from Jared Spurgeon, a spectacular shot. Um, just big-time release and just the determination on Spurgeon's face. And, yeah, it seems like every time somebody scores, they got to say, F, yeah, F, yeah. You know, like, yeah, bleep, yeah, let's go, that kind of stuff. But I guess that's what just about everybody said on the Houston Astros and Los Angeles Dodgers in the World Series, too, and the league championships and all that. Oh, Spurgeon, just a, just awesome. I mean, that was great. And, and we're going to talk about Jared Spurgeon a little bit with a very interesting prospect who's been floating around, kind of, sort of. We'll talk about him in the second segment, though. One that kind of slipped under the radar for a while, and now he's starting to surface just a little teeny bit. Most people still probably don't know who the heck he is, but that's why I'm bringing him to Brave the Wild today. And then after Jared Spurgeon's determined goal, putting the Wild in the game, 4-3, to three, Seven minutes remaining. The Wild have every chance in the world and every right in the world to tie this sucker up. Power play time for the Wild again. Nashville getting in trouble. Marcus Foligno was making a move to the net. <laughs> it looked like he kind of faked out Rene for a second and then looked like he was going to go to the backhand. Ends up losing the puck. At first, I thought it was the most spectacular pass ever, but, you know, it kind of was. I mean, it, maybe maybe Marcus Foligno could be like the Magic Johnson of hockey. I mean, he might as well have been, because that's about what kind of pass Magic Johnson would make if he was a hockey player. Over to Eric Stahl on the power play, and Stahl finishes, and boy, oh boy, the excitement in that building went ape leap, and Eric Stahl showing that emotion, tie game. And then the highlights weren't over yet, because Jason Zucker, with a, you could say, like a spin a leading to a rifle backhand shot. Just very powerful on the backhand. I don't know how he even did it. Just an awesome shot. And Pecorine, again, didn't know what to do. Like, he didn't know what to do with the Eric Stahl goal because it was just such a shocker. He was waiting for Felino's backhand. Next thing you know, Stahl has the puck, and it's too late. Zucker scoring his 11th goal of the season, leading the way, and he's just doing that. <laughs> the emotion from Jason Zucker, and you just could feel it in that building. Jason Zucker almost trying to do like a Patrick Kane type of celebration. Almost, but not quite. But maybe, maybe he's starting, maybe he's getting motivation from uh, Mr. Boudreaux saying, hey, if you want to be a uh, pure goal scorer, you want me to call you one and others to call you one, go out there and become one, damn it. Jared Spurgeon would add the empty netter. Nice shot on net. Third point of the game. Two goals and one assist for Jared Spurgeon. An overall awesome game for him. And boy, oh boy, absolutely spectacular. Uh, an overall wonderful night for Jared Spurgeon. Two points, or excuse me, three points for him. Three points for Stahl. Zucker factored in on yet another goal. Dumba, multiple assists in the game, multiple points, that is. Oh, man, just an overall fun night. And the Wild now finally showing a little bit of offense. I mean, Eric Stahl with 17 points on the season. Jason Zucker with 16. Of course, 11 goals, only 5 assists. Spurgeon with 14 points. Suter with 11. And now Dumba has 9. Dumba has really been catching up as he added the assists the past few nights. And, of course, finally got his first goal. Uh, Grandland is now at 8, so he's catching up a little bit. Stewart's still stuck at 8 for, like, forever. Felino finally got his next point. It's been a while, but good for him, and it's been fun indeed. Uh, Mikey Riley, Mike Riley, has been scratched the past few games, as you've seen Mr. The veteran uh, Quincy out there the past few nights, and good for him. Kyle Quincy's played okay. 
he had a scoring chance in the game, but it's like, ah, shoot. You know, like, instead of having the top group, it was like the bottom group. It's the fourth line and the, and the, and the third pairing out there. So it's like, ah, oh, it looked like a scoring chance of legends. And, well, it's Kyle Quincy. I don't think he's going to score. <laughs> Jay, uh, Yule Erickson and Luke Cunningham have not factored in any of the scoring of late, and they've been relegated to the third and fourth lines. Of course, Eck has been in the fourth line center most of the time. In fact, that's what he is right now. Is Collins the third line center. Eck and Cullen are Kunin with Daniel Winnick. Winnick is the leading scorer out of those three guys, which is pretty telling. Um, Winnick can play the game. He's about a 20-point guy and an awesome defensive player, just spectacular on the puck. And he's one of those guys you see in those commercials, those unsung heroes that upend players and smash them into the wall and make great plays. And that's what Daniel Winnick is. And I love the guy. Love him. Um, but he shouldn't. He probably shouldn't be your leading scorer, even if it is on the fourth line. You know, the fourth line leading. You know, leading guy on that fourth line. When you consider those other two players were top picks in the draft, not top overall, but first round picks. We'd like to see a little more production. I think one of those two guys is going to get sent down when Charlie Coyle comes up because Charlie Coyle's skating again, and he's going to be coming back before Thanksgiving. It looks like not 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 just the start of December, but before Thanksgiving. There's a really good chance Charlie Coyle will be back out there. Someone's probably going to get sent down. I got to think. Um, so obviously somebody's going to get sent down. Uh, for the record, the Goose Gustav Olsson eleven games, no points so far, and that's kind of sad. I'd like to see. Gustav Olofsson factor in some of the scoring because he has some of that ability. He's mostly been stay at home at the NHL level, but down in the AHL, well, he was factoring in the scoring a little bit. He was stepping up a little bit, and he even talked about how, yeah, he's he's got an offensive game. He's not just a stay-at-home defenseman. Um, nice to see Dubnik's uh, goals against average drop to about 2.5 now. Thank God. Save percentage all the way up to .922, and of course, the three shutouts on the season. So at least he's out of the threes now. He's not like what Terry Price has been doing. Remember last year and years in the past, Terry Price and Devin Dubnik have been the top two goalies, uh, at least during stretches during the season. Um, frustrating for him. Uh, Alex Dalek has had very strong numbers in the three games he's played. He's, he's been in. He started. Uh, he's actually played in four, but he started three. Alex Dalek, of course, had a kid recently, so that's why you didn't see him out there. Uh, the past few nights. He, he would have been out there in Montreal, and that was the beginning of Devin Dubnik's streak, so maybe that little miracle of birth for Alex Stalock's uh, <laughs> new new kid could have been uh, the start of Devin Dubnik's special run here because, well, back-to-backs, you figure Alex Stalock's going to play in Montreal. He's going to be he's gonna be put in the net. Dubnik gets motivated, and there he goes. Look at him go. So <laughs> Alex Stalock will probably be in net pretty soon as Dubnik didn't have the best game, I'd have to say, but at the same time, Horrible turnovers aren't going to help Devin Dubnik's cause, and that was part of the problem uh, against Nashville and others along the way. So let's pass out some awards here. Mike Madonna Award is going to go to two players, and you know who they are. Devin Dubnik and Jason Zucker, both the spectacular uh, few games here during the stretch. Zucker scored seven goals since the last show. Just unbelievable run for him. He had four goals, now he's got 11 so, wow. And Devin Dimnick had zero shutouts. Now he's got three. His goals against average has sliced down in a huge way. Both of them deserve the Mike McDonald Award because they have been downright spectacular. Uh, James Shepard Memorial. You could say it's Ennis. You could say it's Koivu. I'm going to give it to Ennis because at least Koivu factors in defensively. And he does He does at least, you know, he sets up scoring chances. Unfortunately, guys, unable to capitalize on some of them. And, of course, you'd have to, you'd have to shift the lines around a little bit because Zucker's playing well and other guys aren't. Uh, so it kind of is what it is. You put Zucker where he can be more productive, and it's, it's working right now. 
I missed that line playing as well as they were, but I don't know. Teams make adjustments, this and that. I mean, guys watch film, and that's what they do for a living, and, well, you know, it is what it is. There's going to be a tell on, on this and that, and that's what's taking place a bit, I would have to say. Uh, Granlund luckily does still have eight points despite the missed game, so at least he's catching up a little bit. He's factoring in an assist, making plays. He did his first goal of the season against the Boston Bruins, so good for him. <laughs> The James Stepper Memorial is, yeah, it's it's going to be Tyler Ennis. He's just not a factor. And, you know, people say this, and I agree with them. It's like you hear someone say it, and you're, and I'm, and you're like, you're absolutely right, is that Tyler Ennis, a guy who's had concussion issues, he puts himself in position to get hurt. It's like he's constantly getting being knocked around. Like he could get his bell rung at any second out there, the way he's out there asking for uh, hits and, and trying to deliver hits, and they're unproductive hits anyway. Like, And it's not because he's small, they're just not necessary. It's like you're just trying to be little Mr. Feisty, and what's the point? So right now, Tyler Ennis, not what the doctor ordered at this stage. So let's take a quick break. We're going to preview four games and check up on the prospects, and we're going to feature a guy that has definitely slipped under the radar for the past few years and is just starting to surface. Beep, 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 beep. Segment number two, and ready to do some previewing for games here to talk about. And, of course, we also get to get into the prospect, which I just love doing. Minnesota Wild head to the, the nation's capital, go Trump. The Washington Capitals, hopefully the Minnesota Wild will be as successful as the Minnesota Vikings. The success rate in Washington has not been good the past few years. In fact, pretty much for quite a while now. Alex Ovechkin is pretty much, uh, well, last year he made mincemeat of us. Ended one of our hot streaks last year. Ended the Columbus Blue Jackets hot streaks too. And of course, their little run, their influential, spectacular record got crushed by the Pittsburgh Penguins. And I don't know. I mean, I think the Penguins own the Washington Capitals. Uh, their record, not gaudy this year at all. 10-9 uh, and nine on the season. 10-9-1. and one. They've certainly not been the same in that sense. Brandon Holtby, Braden Holtby, pardon me. Goes against average all the way up to 2.7. But, of course, Dubnix was up to Holtby. No shutouts on the season at this point. Washington Capitals, 21 points on the season. Mm. Pretty much, they're pretty much just like us right now. <laughs> pretty much. Alex Ovechkin, he's Jason Zuckering. And, of course, way more goals than assists, but nothing new there. He is a pure goal scorer. And those three one-timers gave him a hat-trick last year in the nation's capital. But, I don't know. A lot of guys not playing so hot. For the Capitals, the defense isn't the same. The goaltending isn't the same. The uh, the momentum generally isn't the same. John Carlson has been a pretty nice, strong defenseman for the Washington Capitals, though. I actually have him on my fantasy team. I don't know why I'm talking about that, but but I do. Uh, losses to Nashville and Colorado recently. 6-3 to three to Nashville. 6-3 to three to Colorado. That is not good. Those are some massive losses. And, of course, losing 3-1 to one in Buffalo? Ah, oh, wow, on the 7th. T.J. Oshie still going strong and good for him. Wouldn't mind him in a wild sweater, but not at the price he might be asking for. That's the problem because, well, gee, you think the Wild have a problem with the salary cap right now? Nah, it's not a big deal. We're just being cheap, right? We're just being cheap. No. <laughs> no. We, we, we could barely afford Daniel Winnick. I mean, we had to bring him down to 600 k 
Do you realize that? The guy made two and a half million last year. That might be slightly overpriced, even though the guy's value is good. I mean, two and a half million isn't super high in the NHL. Maybe high for a fourth liner, but ah, I mean, we had to get him down to six hundred k. We're lucky he, he he was he was willing to do that rather than go sign with someone else that's got a little more cap space. But uh, maybe his options weren't so great, and he knew he was going to get uh, significant minutes here and be appreciated. So good for Mr. Dan Winnick being on the Wild. <sighs> Jenny. Gutsenoff, so far leading the way for the Capitals. 17 assists, luckily for him. 21 points. Again, Avechkin, 19 points. Carlson, 16 defensemen. Good job there. Nicholas Backstrom missed one game so far. Not factoring in the scoring like he has in other seasons. He has as many points as Jared Spurgeon so far. So that's an interesting parallel when you think about how well Spurgeon is playing or how not so great Nicholas Backstrom is playing. Um, Some of these guys, just they're not off to the best start, and it is what it is. The wild success rate in Washington scares me, but well, I mean, if Nashville and Colorado can beat them, why can't we? So, uh, I want to pick a win, but you can't pick them all. Uh, there's a certain team that we never beat for whatever bleeping reason, so I'm probably going to pick a loss in that one. Ah, oh, boy. Whew. Certain team we never beat. Mm. <laughs> and it's Colorado. No, some, sometimes it is Colorado. Um, boy, in, in good faith... Yeah, uh, these guys are streak busters for us though, aren't they? And maybe we'll be a streak buster for them. It's one of those something's got to give type of deals. Uh, Washington has protected home ice very well. Um, they've won their last two home games. They actually beat Pittsburgh and Edmonton. Wow, that's pretty good. And then all their road games they lost. Okay, Washington's going to beat Minnesota. I, I hate hate saying it. I, I just got a feeling like freaking Ovechkin's going to have a multi-goal game. You know, surprise, right? And Oshi, maybe he'll factor in one of them. I'm not picking a hat trick for Ovechkin, but I'm going to pick two goals for Ovechkin. Oshi, maybe he'll factor in in the next one. Something like that. And maybe like a, I don't know. Um, Alex Talak will for sure be a net either on Black Friday or Saturday. I would say Black Friday. I'd rather have, a, or, or, or would you rather have Dubnik against St. Louis? I don't know. <laughs> He's had some good games and some bad games against the St. Louis Blues. And boy, we wrap up the month of November with about the one-year with somewhere about a week after the one-year anniversary of the Vegas Knights getting their name, finally, the Golden Knights, November 30th. We won't be previewing that game today, but we'll finally play the Golden Knights, who are still playoff-bound if the season ended today. But no, I'm going to say Washington wins something like 4-3. to three. I just got a crappy feeling, like, that they're going to come out scoring. The Wild will be factors, and Holdby's not doing as well, but he'll make the saves he needs to down the stretch. And the uh, Washington Capitals win 4-3. to three. Most likely guy to score in the game. Well, the way things are going, let's just stick with it. Jason Zucker, hot hand um, at this point. And I'm not going to pick him to score in every game. <laughs> He'll be the main guy. But I'll, I'll say he, he adds his 12th goal of the season. He's the most likely guy to score for the Wild. But the Capitals, just their offense, they're scoring. And we never play well there. And they're, they're very good on home ice, so... Capitals win 4-3. to three. Let's move on. The New Jersey Devils, who are much better. And they still have Corey Schneider. He's a very nice goalie. 11-4-3 on the season in first place in the Metropolitan Division. But only four more points than Washington, so that's interesting. But again, they have two games in hand, so he might as well factor in another point or two somewhere along the way. Corey Schneider with one shout-out on the season. About a little over 92% save percentage, not bad. 2.64 goals against average. Not the best thing you ever saw, but certainly not the worst. Uh, decent, decent goaltending from from the New Jersey Devils. And what 
really their calling card right now is young and talented. Young, talented scorers. Uh, Taylor Hall, of course, in a pretty awful trade with the uh, Edmonton Oilers. Nice addition, Taylor Hall, a number one overall pick years ago. Nico Hishner, uh, Hishier, Nico Hishier, a, a guy who I like very much. He's on my fantasy team. I kind of stopped talking about that, but I picked him up off of uh, free agency, and he's doing the job. Um, for a guy who's just getting started, He's looking great. Uh, 14 points already, 11 assists. And, of course, yeah, I was like, oh, Nicholas Backstrom, 14 points. But, yeah, come on. Nicholas Backstrom is a veteran, and he's been doing it forever. Um, but nice start for Nico this year. I hope I'm saying it right. But he's been he's been one of the top centers, obviously. Adam Henrik is another center along the way. Definitely not factoring in the scoring quite at uh, his year's level. But uh, very impressed with what uh, the young man has been able to do so far. Uh, nobody's a spectacular scorer for this club. Brian Gibbons leading the way with eight goals on the season, but not much of a not much of a scorer. He's the Zucker slash uh, <laughs> Alex Ovechkin of the uh, <laughs> New Jersey Devils. I don't know how you put those three guys in the same sentence, but it is what it is. The Wild never play well against this team. And if the Wild win this game, that would be wonderful. Uh, they're all over the place. They haven't been playing very well lately. 3-1 to one loss to St. Louis. 3-2 to two loss to Edmonton. At home. At home, yes. On the road, they lose one nothing to Toronto. one nothing. You keep them to one and you can't score against Toronto's mediocre goaltending and some so-so defense? What the hell is that? And that's after crushing the Blackhawks 7-5. to five. But then again, you gave up five goals to the Blackhawks, too. Beating Florida, one of the worst teams in the league, two to one along the way. They've they're two two and three the last three games at this stage. They will go to Toronto, Winnipeg, and Minnesota. We will we'll be the bottom end of their three game world trip, which could be all losses, frankly. I don't know. Um, you know, it's a very winnable game. I think the Wilds should win, but I don't know. The Wilds' record is sketchy, whether they're on the home or on the road. Uh, Zucker seems to do better on the road, I guess, supposedly, because he gets more sleep now. You know, he has a new kid, whatever, and the wife takes care of the kid and stays home with the kid, and Zucker's able to get more sleep, that type of thing. It's obviously, parents complain about that all the time because they probably just, well, yeah, me, I'm not a parent, but they more than likely have justification for that. <laughs> I'm sure people are shaking their head at me right now. I don't, I don't know. Uh, this is a sketchy game. Oh, boy. Oof. Just like the Washington game. I mean, New Jersey had been playing well, and Washington, we know what they're capable of. They have not been playing well, but we know what they're capable of, particularly at home. They're pretty much unbeatable at home at times until uh, they play Pittsburgh. In the playoffs, in the playoffs, they can go ahead and sweep Pittsburgh in the regular season, but here come the playoffs, and it's like, you know, Penguins win in five or six every single bleep in time, just like the Wild and Blackhawks. Okay, I didn't say that. Oh, I want that to come to an end badly this year if, if we face each other in the postseason. <sighs> I'm having a hell of a time with this one. I really am. Because, I mean, you, you you can't just sit up here and say win, 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 you know. But I already picked a loss to Washington. You know, it's like, put it this way, the Wilds should win this game. I, I think they're better than the New Jersey Devils. Uh, the Devils are good. They're capable of being dangerous. They're capable of scoring. A lot of their veterans are kind of gone. Are, are gone. Some of them are still hanging around. None of them are doing spectacularly, necessarily, but some of them are. Uh, Corey Schneider, you can score on him. Ah, boy. I like the way this team is playing right now, so I'm going to go with a 3-2 to win for the Wild. Maybe 4-2 to with an empty net, but 3-2 to win 
Most likely guy to score in the game will be Eric Stahl. The Minnesota Wild will win three to two or four to three with the empty or four to two with an empty net. Pardon me. The Buffalo Sabers. This is another one. You got to win this game. I mean, on the road. Road games are obviously, you know, I mean, the wild road record has been decent for the most part. And we all know about Jason Zucker. And okay, I already said that. The Buffalo Sabres still stink. Uh, they started fairly strong for a little while, and now they stink again. Uh, Robin Lehner, not good. Three goals a game. He's got one shutout on the season. Goals against average just above 90. And then you have Chad Johnson, who's not doing good either there. Uh, remember Chad Johnson with Calgary? He did pretty good for them last year when Brian Elliott was sucking. Helped them get to the postseason. Um, young, exciting, and improving players, but then there's what there is. Uh, Pula, uh, Pominville got off to a spectacular start. He had 12 points about two weeks ago, and now he's got 13. Yeah, crickets. Major crickets there. Uh, <laughs> kind of is what it is, right, Jason? I don't know. I, I don't really have a huge problem with the guy, but I don't know. Um, I'm not superly surprised that uh, things have quieted down a little bit for Mr. Uh, Mr. Pominville. God bless him, though. By all accounts, he's a great guy. And, and you know what? That's where he put his roots in the National Hockey League is Buffalo Sabres. Of course, Mr. Scandella, Kyle Poso. These are all names that they're not playing well. They're just not winning games at all. Uh, Johan Larson, the former Wild second-round pick, who just stinks. I mean, he's barely in the league, and he's just, you know, he's kind of, you know what he is? I, I guess it's like if you want to do a trade, so to speak, like a mental trade, Tyler Ennis. Eh, Tyler Ennis, just kind of a skilled guy who doesn't score. A skilled guy who doesn't score. <laughs> but enough about Matt Molson. 12 games and nothing. Oh, 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 Painful reminder of the worst trade in wild history. Okay, there's been quite a few, but that was a big win. Oh, a second round pick for Matt Bleepin' Molson. Or was it two second round picks? Just terrible trade. Freaking terrible. Uh, the Pominville trade doesn't bug me. It's just a big contract afterwards. Uh, yet at the same time, you were kind of like, well, he's the leading goal scorer in the club, and he's got a lot of uh, pedigree, and he's been a team captain forever. And and what what do you do? What the hell can you do? You just let him go and piss everyone off and say you gave up a first-round pick to rent a guy? So it kind of was what it was there. Uh, ben Mapulia, there's tie, Minnesota ties all over this team. And because of all the trades, of course, Matt Molson, like I just said, Pominville back and forth, traded back to Buffalo of all places. Ben Mapulia traded to Montreal many years ago for Guillaume Latendresse, who was great for a couple weeks. And after that, well, whatever. Ben Mapulia certainly has won in the uh, longevity department. And he's he's a bottom six player, but he uh, bottom six forward, but he's still decent. And he's got eight points on the year, so okay. Eh. Kyle Oposo, big contract and a big disappointment. Seven points so far for that son of a gun who, I don't know, yeah, Scandella, a guy we would love to have back on the roster. Four points on the season, like what he brings physically. Obviously, he's a physical, smart defenseman. He, he makes mistakes, but don't they all? I mean, goals are going to get scored. Uh, of course, Evander Kane, Jack Eichel future of Buffalo, but still not spectacular yet. They're just good at this stage. <sighs> Bouncing all over the place. The Wild need to beat this team. I mean, you got to beat this team, whether it's at home or on the road. Uh, Chad Johnson's been good pretty much everywhere but the New York Islanders, though so far with Buffalo, he stinks. Maybe he should just stay out of the whole state of New York. That might be the key for Chad Johnson. Go back to Calgary. <laughs> that might be a good idea. Though I think Johnson did have some good moments for Buffalo a couple of years ago as well. 
But uh, before he went to Calgary, hmm. Buffalo recently lost in overtime to the Pittsburgh Penguins. Oof. But yeah, their only win was against Washington. Yep, remember that just recently. They've been getting beat like crazy. Wild need to win the game, and they will win the game. 4-2 to two victory for the Minnesota Wild. The most likely guy to score for the Wild is Tyler Ennis. No, Felino. Felino's going to score against his hometown club, and that's going to be fun. Marcus Felino will score in that game. He's going to score, and I love what Felino brings. He's got skill. He's got size. He's got, you know... He, I think he likes the game more than people think. Like, a lot of people were talking about how he didn't see the effort, but it could be because he was in Buffalo. Because I'm not seeing the same reason for complaint so far with the Wild. I like Felino. He's just not a spectacular scorer, but, well, that's just how it is. I mean, not everybody is. But he's got skill, and he he does play the game hard, and I appreciate what, uh, what uh, Marcus Felino brings to the Minnesota Wild. He will score against the Buffalo Sabres. The Wild win 4-2. to two. Don't be surprised to see Pominville net his seventh or whatever, seventh or eighth goal if he's able to score something along the way. Puglia always seems to score. I wouldn't be surprised if it's those two, but I don't know. It'll probably be Evander Kane will get one and Pominville will get the other. That's just my guess. I'm just screwing around, really. Colorado Avalanche, should I preview this game? I'll, I'll preview it just in case, in case I wait until Friday or Saturday, but very possible I record on uh, Thursday. But then again, the Vikings play on Thursday, so maybe it'll be a... Uh, I don't know what I'm going to do. <laughs> So I'll preview this game just in case. Uh, I, uh, I'll probably record the Timberwolves show on Friday. So, yeah. Um, Varlamov still not good. good. He's, he's been winning games because the team has been scoring goals. Uh, Jonathan Bernier, who's been everywhere. He's been with the uh, Colorado Avalanche in the past. He's been in Anaheim. They just recently crushed the Washington Capitals 6-2. to two. Nathan McKinnon is starting to show why he was a top pick in the draft. And this Miko Ratanen is pretty good. I kind of like him. Uh, 17 points in 17 games. He's really kind of emerged the last... Uh, yeah, he's really emerged of late. Uh, he, he, he came around last year, 39 points, but people weren't really paying attention as much, and myself and myself included. Kind of third-line type of numbers. Or like, say, Nino Niederreiter before last year when he emerged. About 20 goals, 40-point type of guy. And now he's really stepping it up. Um, the Finland native Miko Rantanen. Very impressed with what he has brought to the Colorado Avalanche thus far. Of course, Nathan McKinnon leading the way on that top line. 20 points total, 14 assists. Gabriel Landeskog has been a factor along the way as well. And he's done quite, quite well. Uh, 14 points. He's doing much better than he had in the past. Matt Duchesne, of course, traded away to the Ottawa Senators in a three-team at Dilly. Uh, Eric Johnson, the former number one overall pick to the St. Louis Blues and annoyance to the Wild over the years, particularly in the uh, Colorado series, has uh, only got six points on the season. Certainly not looking like a top, top defenseman to me. But um, a team that had been playing well, they're starting to drop off. Uh, I, I think the Wild could win this game. You know, I mean, why, why shouldn't we? Do the Wild go? Do the Wild win all these games, though? Jeez, uh, this is uh, you know this is an afternoon game. That just yeah, you know what that spells? That spells a loss. So if we're gonna win the New Jersey game, I'll pick the Colorado to beat the Wild, um, and then maybe we maybe we win on the road in St. Louis the next night. But that's a funny thought. But uh, I wouldn't be too surprised. This is Friday the twenty fourth, Black Friday. I wouldn't be surprised if the Wild lost this game. It's just one of those weird afternoon home games that we just don't seem to do well in. I don't know what it is, but we always stink in these games. Um, as, as poor as Colorado's playing. So, I mean, it's interchangeable. We'll either lose to New Jersey or Colorado. I'm, I'm going to pick the Wild to lose to 
the Colorado Avalanche at this point. Um, uh, probably a more of a mess, higher scoring kind of a game. Something along the likes of... Mm, something along the likes of 4-3. to three, Colorado will win the game. Alex Daylock will be a net. I, I think, yeah, this is going to be one of his stinker games, unfortunately. I just see Colorado winning. But maybe not. Maybe Alex Daylock will bring that that, that passion and that aggressiveness. I, I don't know. But I, I just got a feeling that uh, the Wild don't win. A 4-3 to three win for Colorado. It's going to be a frustrating night. Maybe even 4-2. to two. Like, Varlamov will magically have a good game. And the frustration will set in for Wild fans. Um on paper, this is a winnable game, but I just, I, I just, they, these games are always funny. I mean, I have too many memories of that in the past, so the Colorado Avalanche will win 4-3 to three down the stretch. Possibly a shootout. We'll say shootout win. The Wild will get a point against the Colorado Avalanche. It'll be a shootout. They'll get lucky. They Maybe the Avalanche tie it up at the last second. Some bullcrap, and then they'll steal it in the shootout or overtime, something like that. But the Wild will get a point against the Colorado Avalanche in this one. So, there it is. There it is. The Wild will go 2-1-1 one, and one in the next three, uh, four games and as we head into Thanksgiving week here. Uh, let's start looking at them prospects, if humanly possible, and wrap this show up. Over in Iowa, things going a little bit better because uh, Steve, Steve Michaelik is back with the Iowa Wild, and he's been downright great. Uh, two games, he's allowed two goals a game. He's been awesome. <laughs> That's been helpful. Um... Sam Anas has been factoring a little bit. Seven points so far. Justin Kloos, one of the leading scorers down there. So far, Zach Mitchell still leading the way. Uh, he's only played 10 games, and he's got 13 points. He's been great. He's been kind of a fringe minor league guy, but he's showing a little promise. Uh, Mario Lachia stuck at four points. Susie stuck at three. Nick Steeler stuck at two. Those are all, again, prospects, legitimate prospects for the Wild uh, down the stretch. Lennon Ferraro is finally healthy, playing again, and he's factored in. He scored his first goal in the AHL this season down there just the past week. Um, so that's pretty much all I'm going to say about the Iowa Wild right now, other than the, the fun prospect I'm going to talk about here in a second. Just, you know, they're playing a little better. They have a winning record now. Um, guys are getting healthy, and that's nice. Uh, nice to see Justin Clues playing as well as he is. Uh, his first year in the AHL, and he's doing this well. So, good jump from college to the AHL. But a guy to jump from getting cut from St. Thomas as a sophomore in high school to getting a three-year entry-level contract at age 20. It's like you sit here, and it's like, wait a minute. Wait a minute. This guy's only 20 years old. He's an undrafted free agent. He's a defenseman. And he's got seven points. What the hell? Brennan Menel. Brennan Menel. A guy who impressed during the summer tryouts, impressed during training camp, was sent down to a, the AHL. The AHL, by the way, again. Not the ECHL or anything like that. The AHL. Not sent to juniors or anything like that, which probably wouldn't be very productive. But he's got seven points. And he wants to model his game after Jared Spurgeon. Now, of course, I did some research on him. It's like you sit down and look at this. Like, wait a minute. This guy's this young. He's doing this well. And he's in the AHL. That, that's kind of a weird combination, isn't it? He's, he was undrafted. He's this young and he's doing this well. And I never heard of him. And then you sit down and do some research. And uh, this one slipped through. This, this article slipped through as I keep up with the wild uh, religiously. But this one slipped past. Uh, Megan Ryan of the Star Tribune had an article about him, and he was you know, he was saying how he modeled his game after um, 
Jared Spurgeon, and then he's out there skating with him and during training camp, and it's just unbelievable. And and Spurgeon helped him out, and they learned from him, and very impressive. Uh, Brendan Menel, out of Woodbury, Minnesota, and again he was cut from the sophomore team at St. Thomas uh, Academy. Extremely impressive. Uh, he's 5'11", 172, smaller guy. Got to keep bulking up a bit, um, but he's doing a hell of a job so far. Only 20 years of age, and of course it's a pretty young 20, May 24th, so. Still got time here the rest of the year. He'll be 20 all year, unless the uh, the, the, the Iowa Wild go to the, the Cup Finals down there. Not sure they're going to do that, but maybe. <laughs> I, don't, I don't think so. I don't think they're filled with top prospects, but somebody's going to get sent down. Is it Eric Tanak or is it Luke Cunning? It's going to be one of those two when Charlie Coyle comes back and then when uh, Mr. Parisi comes back, we'll see. We'll see some uh, interesting stuff going on. But um, Luke Cunning's not been productive in the scoring end, but you are seeing positivity from both Cunning and Erickson Eck. Uh, stuff that doesn't show up in the box score. Smart play, uh, good defense from Erickson Eck and all that. Uh, Luke Cunning does a lot of nifty things, and he, one of these days he's going to break loose. He's going to have a multi-goal game, and then before you know it, Luke Cunning will be the kind of guy who all of a sudden has 10 points in a month, and then just, you know, things start to jump, and Next thing you know, he's got he's got you know 25 points in a couple months, and then he's going to be one of those good players in the league. Hopefully, one day, um, he's got natural scoring ability. He can set players up. He can score. He's got a lot of Zach Parisi in him. Uh, I got to think is Luke Cunning, and of course Brennan Mennel has uh, Jared Spurgeon in him. Uh, I bet he he factors in the scoring. Two goals, five assists so far. He's he's a minus seven, which well. Iowa started out really poorly, like they seem to always do. Um, it's not the best plus-minus, but a lot of players are around that range on the club. Uh, Carson Soucy is a plus-six, plus though, which is extremely impressive. I think if anybody if anybody gets called up to the Wild, like say someone gets hurt or maybe the Wild give up on someone, uh, give up on... Uh, 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 Kyle Quincy, which I don't think they're in a hurry to do that. I think he's a nice, valuable veteran. But say if somebody gets hurt or something like that, Carson Soucy will be the first guy to get called up. Uh, he's not factoring in the points, but boy, he is a strong, solid defenseman, and he's done a, he's done a great job down there in Iowa. And Nick Sealer, of course, continues to improve and emerge as well. He's a plus one. Good, good for him. Both of those guys doing very well. Uh, Minnesota Duluth and Minnesota, respectively at this stage. Uh, Ryan Malone has recently stepped away from the game again. Um, just you know, He only had one assist in eight games, and he's, he's stepped away from hockey, unfortunately. He, he tried, and he was fun, a very familiar name. We all remember him with Pittsburgh years ago and with uh, Tampa Bay Lightning. Very, very valuable player over there in the Eastern Conference, and he's even from Pittsburgh. But uh, it looks like it's done and dusted for uh, Ryan Malone, unfortunately. So that's kind of talk about the AHL at this stage like to look at some of the other prospects out there. Uh, I, I want to talk about Jack Sadick a little bit with the, with the Gophers as well. Um, he has been very quiet, very stay-at-home. He's got three points on the season so far. But when he does step up a little bit, he can really, you know, he, he's got a nice... <laughs> He's got an, uh, a nice zip on the puck in terms of his passing and even putting the puck on net. You can see the skill is there. It, it just seems like they're kind of holding him back a little bit. And, and I don't mean like they're really like holding him back in a major way. Maybe that's just part of his game uh, right right now where he's just more of a stay-at-home guy. But the skill is visible for Jack Sadick uh, of the Gophers. Seventh round pick, 2015 at this stage. Nick Boca, the, the Gophers, had a frustrating weekend last week. 
<laughs> they should have swept Michigan easily. Nick Boca, not a factor. He's the other uh, defenseman taken in that draft, of course, with Michigan at that stage. So check in on Kirill Kaprizov, 25 games, 28 points at this point. <laughs> 13 of them goals, good for him. Dmitry Sokolov, Sudbury Wolves, he'd been hurt for a bit, missed some games. 28 points in 21 games. He's really picked it up. 13 of those goals. And now he's factoring more assists than he had in the past. He'd pretty much been a Vetchkin-like. Last year he had 48 goals, 24 assists. Already 15 assists in 21 games for uh, Mr. Sokolov. He's maturing. And that's really exciting, actually. I gotta say. Um, as we continue to bounce around. Jordan Greenway, Boston University, the guy we all love, and he's more of a he's more of a playmaker than a scorer. He's got eight points in twelve games, three goals, five assists for the power forward of the future for our Minnesota Wild. Luis Betapilio Belhidio, excuse me, Miami, Ohio University. I just want to make sure there's no confusion there. I'm sure there really hasn't been too much. Eight points in ten games, four goals, four assists for Another Jared Spurgeon out there. <laughs> Brendan Menel, <laughs> Jared Spurgeon, and Belpedio. I wouldn't be surprised if all three of these guys are on the wild someday. Belpedio is actually a year older than Brendan Menel, which, you know, that is impressive, man. Number 27, Brendan Menel of the Iowa Wild. That is impressive. I mean, he's got seven points at the AHL level. Remember, college hockey, you know, it's a little different going from college hockey to the AHL. Some guys are good right away. And some guys aren't. Um, of course, look at Mr. Kloos. He's doing good. Other guys, you know, they come in like Mario Lachia, and you're not seeing nothing hardly. Uh, sometimes you see moments, he emerges, and then down he goes, and the frustration sets in. Samanas has been all right. He's been adequate. He started last year really poorly, and then he started to score a bit, the Quinnipiac star there. And, of course, he seems to always miss games. Ah, uh, gosh, and I can't believe he's 24 already. Um uh, Samanas, only five foot eight. That guy's a midget, man, <laughs> at the NHL level. But of course, the Wilds the prospects. There are a few of those out there. Uh, Belpedio, five ten, for the uh, Miami University of Ohio. Um, <laughs> the power one of the power play quarterbacks, and he missed a lot of time last year, unfortunately. But he's healthy and strong this year, and leading that team as a senior captain for your <laughs> for your uh, <laughs> Miami University. <laughs> Erie Otters, Ivan Ladnia, Ladnia, 22 points in 21 games, 12 of them goals, outstanding for him thus far. So oh, let's look at Svetlakov real quick, the Russian rocket, right? No, one of them, 10 points on the year for the KHL's Moscow, CSKA Moscow, three of them goals so far. So all right, um... That's pretty much the prospects right now that we want to talk about. It's just very, there, there's some intriguing names out there that are doing well. And again, the Bren, Brennan Mennel, it's like you just sit there and you're like, huh. So we're definitely going to be keeping a close eye on him. Uh, him and Carson Soucy, I think, are two of the more exciting ones down there in Iowa. Of course, Justin Kloos, I think he's going to see time in the NHL in, in his career. He's not going to just get that one game and then that's it. Just his little cup of coffee and that's it. I think he'll see some time. I mean, remember, Johnny Pohl got some time with Toronto, stuff like that uh, in the past. Maybe Kloos uh, gets even more than that. Um, if you know, I think he's better than Lennon Ferraro. I do. Um, and Lennon Ferraro has played extensively in the NHL. Not tons of minutes, but I, I just think Kloos has that ability to be a nice bottom six forward in the National Hockey League. Uh, I'm going to give some... Uh, quick information here, at Brave the Wild, at Brave the Wild is a Twitter account. want to thank 
Hockey Podcasts, at NHL Podcasts for retweeting the show, sending it out to possible listeners. Thank you very much. I really appreciate that. Um, uh, helping me to, uh, the, they, they call it Teal Town now, Teal Town, the Teal Town Podcast, San Jose Sharks. Help me meet Chris there in Northern California, who has a little Minnesota ties as well, and that he was intrigued by this show and wanted me on. And uh, I'd like to have him on this show too sometime. Shout out to Chris of the Teal Town Podcast. And of course, I'm going to shout out to Fireside Chat as well, Calgary Flame Show. Love that show, and I, I'm a fan of the Flames until we play them anyway. <laughs> that type of thing. So quick shout-outs. They're given out. Let's get to the Facebook page, page as we could say. Facebook.com forward slash Brave the Wild. Facebook.com forward slash Brave the Wild. Do give that a like and join the page. Join in the discussion. It would be greatly appreciated. Also, Facebook.com forward slash MNW players. Facebook.com forward slash MNW players. I'm a proud admin of that page. Pavel Bunyat and Merrick Skyba also factor in on there. They talk about the uh, the prospects and obviously the NHL Minnesota Wild. Lately, they've been posting more on Minnesota Wild Hardcore, and I, I understand. It's been quiet. They've been busy going to school, all that, and I need to I need to contribute more. I, I'm admitting that. Uh, hopefully, Pavel, you're listening, and uh, <clears throat> you can hear what I'm saying right now. I'm, I I apologize for not uh, factoring more in on some of the, you know, talking about the prospects and such. I'm going to bring up Brendan Mendel on there. I think that'd be a good idea. A lot of people have been joining the page. I hope they haven't been disappointed with the lack of interaction, and uh, I apologize. Um, so just thought I'd mention that right here, right now. Um, thanks again, Pavel, Burnett, Merrick Skyba, and others out there. Shout out to Chance Caustic. My, my brother's brother-in-law and my brother-in-law, you could say, but it's uh, his, his sister is my, my uh, sister-in-law, uh, my, my brother's wife. So that's the situation there. Shout out to Jim and Sarah Madill, also Minnesota Wild Hardcore. Awesome website as well. I endorse it in a big way. Um, just want to thank all of you again for listening. Please do tell your friends about the show. Please give a positive rating for Brave the Wild on iTunes or Stitcher. It would be greatly appreciated. I'll give you a shout-out and a big thank you right here on the air. Interact with me on at BraveTheWild.com as well for the you know the, the Twitter account. Give that a follow if you could. Um, you're welcome to call into the show as well, 209-736-7877. 209-736-7877. It is a voicemail. Do treat it as such. Mention you're calling into Brave the Wild. Do your statement, shout-out, comment, question, opine, whatever it is interact with me and it'll be very enjoyable talk about the wild the prospects whatever it is certain players the whole team as a whole the the team as a whole in general whatever it is greatly appreciated that's the phone line and then on the facebook page there's a call now button which goes to the same phone line through uh facebook messenger so it's free for international calls it goes right through there is a three minute limit because it's a voicemail and then there's one other route which could which you have less of a limit it's uh the audio submission route where you can use the free voice recorder on your smart device of any kind samsung apple whatever it is record it treat it like a phone call and email it to paladino live at yahoo.com paladino live at yahoo.com and i will get it ready turn it into an mp3 file and slide it right here in the show in the fan interaction segment on brave the wild want to thank you again very much in advance for your (laughs) cooperation and your uh interaction thank you again um want to wish all of you a good week happy thanksgiving if i don't record the show before then uh, stay warm, stay cool, cool wherever you are in the world, and enjoy the uh, improved play of our red-hot Minnesota Wild.